chapter number one. Let me get my spot in another place. All right. Let's go and pray. Lord, thank you so much for today. Thank you so much for a wonderful opportunity as Lord God to be in your house. Lord God, I haven't been able to experience that for several weeks now. And Lord God, I missed it. Lord God, I see how important it is, Lord God, to be in your house and to and to fellowship together and to worship together and to uh, allow the word to, to, to mold us and change us, Lord God. This is such an opportunity. Lord God, there are people all over the world, Lord God, that are having to do this in secret because they face great persecution. And we were able to come here freely and without any fear of our lives. And, and so, Lord God, this is a privilege and an honor to be in the house together. And so, Lord God, we need you. I need you right now. Lord God, we need you to, to, to open up our hearts, open up our minds, open up our ears, Lord God, so that something in some way, shape, or form, your word can change us so that we leave out of here different than when we came in. Lord God, fill me with your Holy Spirit. In your wonderful name we pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. You may be seated. So James chapter number one, James chapter number one, we are going to be finishing up a, a series of messages that we started. I actually wrote this down over the past now three weeks, but for me it's been five. <laughs> and so uh, this, is, this is a message that was ready to go uh, on that Saturday right before I was not be able to be here, and I've been gone for two weeks, but I'm back. Uh, but So we are finishing that up today. The, this is uh, communicating God's way. Communicating God's way. Now, some of y'all may say, you know what, I'm a pretty good communicator. But maybe what, what's, what you would think is that I'm a pretty good communicator, but does your method of communication line up with Scripture? What we, if we look at the Scripture, is the way we communicate uh, in the world, in our lives, with our spouses, with our kids, at work, even with fellow church members, would that line up with Scripture? And so we've taken our guidance from one verse in the book of James, and we've just kind of kind of dug deeper into that verse every single week. So James 1.19, James 1.19, if you didn't bring your Bible, that's okay, we'll put it up on the screen. So James 1.19, if you're there, say I'm there. Ooh, yeah, y'all ready? I got it, I got it, keep it up, keep it up, okay? I had the first service, I had to kind of like pull them out, I'm like let's go, let's go, come on, okay? So James 1.19, okay, here we go, it says wherefore. Wherefore, now that word wherefore means because of. Anytime you see the word wherefore or therefore, you have to look back to see exactly what it said before that, le- those, that one scripture. Okay, so that, that word wherefore means because of. And we're not going to go into that, but I encourage you to read James chapter 1, verse 1 through 18, so that you can understand the, the importance of why this verse is here. It says, wherefore, my beloved brethren, okay, so that means he's talking to saved people. If you put your faith and trust in Jesus, you're part of the brethren. Let every man, so this is uh, for all of us. It's not that anybody can say, hey, this isn't for me. It's for every single man, woman, and child in this room right now. This verse is for you. It says, let every man be, let's say it together, swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. Let's try it again. Let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. Now, if you haven't been tracking with us uh, for the past couple of weeks, I encourage you to go back and watch the messages um, from the, the previous two. Because what we've done is we've taken swift to hear. We talked about that for a week. 
Then we took slow to speak, and we talked about that for a week. And then today we're going to talk about slow to wrath, okay? That's what we're going to be focused on is slow to wrath. What does it mean to be slow to wrath? Now, the word wrath means violent anger, violent anger. Now, some of you are like, I don't have a problem with that. I don't have violent anger. I would never hurt anybody. I would never actually like put my hands on somebody or, or, or take their life. And what, that, that sounded bad, right? <laughs> okay. But let's be honest. We may not have killed somebody, but we've had some, oh, I'm ready, right? Okay. Violent anger, right? I'll give you an example of violent anger, some wrath that I had. It was a couple weeks ago. Um, we're going to take our dog for a walk. Y'all know where I'm going here. Okay, we're going to go take our dog for a walk. And so what we do uh, is we always make sure our dog does whatever she needs to do in the front yard before we go on a walk. I'm not trying to be graphic here, but if she needs to do something, I want her to do it in my yard, okay? I live in the city. I know the county people. You just let your dog do whatever he wants to do, okay? Like, where's my dog? He may be doing something somewhere, but who cares where he does it, all right? But in the city, they frown upon that, okay? We, I live in a subdivision, all right? There are people like all kinds stuff so my dog does everything she needs to do in our front yard but I'm worried I'm thinking you know what just in case just in case she does something else I want to be prepared so I get a sack and I put it in my pocket so we go on this walk about halfway in the middle of the walk my dog decides you know what I've done this long enough I want to do something else in somebody else's yard so what I say is I look at my children and I say somebody go get that Well, if you know anything about brothers, there's always going to be a fight or an argument on who's going to do what. We have arguments who's going to shower first. We have arguments who's going to take out the trash. We have arguments who's going to take take out the dishes. Like all, take out the dishes. Don't take those out. You, you, You put those dishes away, okay? We have to have an argument. And usually it's a very heated argument, right? Because I did it the last time. He always gets to do this. Is anybody, anybody have, have a brother or had brothers around? Or whatever? I know Sean, he's in here. I get it, all right? I know what Chris did to you. I got it, all right? It was always, yeah, there you go. Yeah. But there's always an argument. Well, at that very moment, what my, my dog has decided to deposit in somebody else's neighbor, in somebody else's neighborhood, in somebody else's uh, yard is sitting there. So now I'm mad. We had bottles of water with us. We were going to drink water as we were walking and all that kind of stuff. I get my bottle of water. I'm not going to tell which kid. I slammed it into the arms of one, one, one of the kids. And I stormed over there and I picked it up with a sack. And I stormed the other way. So now we're on a walk, but we're not on a walk together. I'm right here, the other kid's here, and another kid's way back there. And I'm mad. And I am, uh, what is going through my mind is going, slow to wrath, slow to wrath, slow to wrath. And I know in the Bible it said you cannot kill your kids, so I don't have that option. (laughs) So I'm like, I just got to deal with it. Now I know you are like, Buchanan, that's silly. That is silly, but let's be honest. Most of the time, when we get violently angry, when we look back on it, it was really what? It was silly. It was silly what we made about it. So I'm I'm using that example to say, first of all, I got problems. (laughs) I got issues. I'm working on what it means to be a good father and to be be kind and forgiving and all that kind of stuff. But in that very moment, if I could have... I, don't, I, I, I didn't want to take it out on what was in my hand. That was going to be a little messy. I couldn't take it out on my kids. So it was just like, ooh, all right. By the way, I didn't tell this in the, in the, in the, um, 
in the first service, but when we get back to our house, I'm going to keep on walking. They're done. I'm going to keep on walking. I said, somebody's got to take this somewhere. Well, here comes the argument again. You know what I did? <laughs> I just dropped it right there, and they figured it out. It's it in the middle of the road, and I was like, whatever. That's y'all's deal, okay? But wrath, violent anger, just a, just a, just a man, I'm just, I'm just mad. Anybody, can anybody relate to that? I'm just mad. I'm just mad. And so I got some work to do. I, I probably, you're probably like, oh, Buchanan, let me tell you my story where I lost my mind after something silly. So we all need help with this. Can I get an amen? amen? All right, we all need help with this. Now, when it comes to our anger, when it comes to our anger, really it's not an anger issue. It's another problem. Now, you've got to stay till the end of the message because there's another problem here that it's really not an anger issue when it comes to our anger. When it comes to our, it's a, a completely different issue. So what we're going to do, if you want to go ahead and turn over, you can turn over to the book of Ephesians, chapter number 4. Book of Ephesians, chapter number 4. That's a couple books um, back towards the Gospels, okay? But Ephesians, chapter number 4. And we're going to talk specifically about our anger and the steps we need to take when it comes to finding uh, some victory in this area and being able to get to a place where we're slow to wrath. Because I don't know about you, Probably, I, I know I need to work on the swift to hear. I know I definitely got to work on the slow to speak. But I don't know if any time when I have wrath that I was ever slow to it. It was pretty quick. Usually when I got mad and got angry, it was like a boom right there. Here we go. So I, 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 need, to, I need help with this. We all need help with this. So let's see if, if the scripture can help us with this. All right, Ephesians chapter number 4. This is uh, Paul uh, in his letter to the church at Ephesus, okay? And so what he does, he's going to do, he's going to lay out what we need to do when it comes to our anger, what we need to do when it comes to our wrath. So let's start in verse 17. Let's start in verse 17. It says, This I say, therefore, again, I encourage you to read the back uh, the chapter, uh, chapter 4 so you know what that therefore is. This I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord, that ye henceforth, basically from this point forward, walk not as other Gentiles walk in the vanity of, of their mind, okay? Now, when he says other Gentiles, okay, he is talking to a Gentile people, but what he's trying to say is there's a difference between the lost Gentile and the saved Gentile, okay? There's a difference between lost and saved, and he is saying, I don't want you to walk like the other Gentiles do, the lost people walk, who walk in the vanity of their mind. The word vanity means empty, but it's also another word for futility. The word futility means a fruitless desire or endeavor, basically to pursue things that don't produce fruit. To pursue things that don't produce fruits. Because here's, he's going to tell you what a lost person looks like. Verse 18, it says, Having the understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance of that is in them. Okay? The word ignorance doesn't mean stupid. Stupid is like you did it and you knew you were wrong. Okay? Ignorance is I didn't know. I had no knowledge. Okay? I, I may have done something stupid, but I didn't realize it. But because of their own ignorance, they've been, their, their understanding has been darkened. They've been alienated from the life of God. Because of the blindness of their hearts. And they're blind to spiritual things. Verse 19. Who being past feeling have given themselves over unto lasciviousness. Okay, that's a big word, all right? Let me tell you what that means, okay? That word means looseness, irregular indulgences of animal desires, lustfulness. Okay, it's, it's a very graphic term, okay? Um, looseness, irregular indulgences of animal desires, lustfulness. Uh, essentially, this is a way to say it. I do it because it feels good or I like it. 
Okay? So basically, just whatever my, my, my fleshly desire is, okay, that's what it is. Whatever their flesh wanted, they just want, got it, okay? To work all uncleanness, okay, that word uncleanness does not mean like dirty on the outside. Not like I didn't take a shower today, but uncleanness meaning moral impurity, defilement by sin, which leads to greediness. Now, you think greediness, we always think, well, my, that's money. Like, I go, to, I go to, you know, Las Vegas or Tunica or whatever, and I spend my whole entire life savings, you know, whatever. That's not, greediness is, is bigger than that. It's a burning desire to all evil. Okay, so, so this is, he's, he's showing this, this contrast, this comparison of, okay, this is what a lost person does. Okay, a lost person, their, their understanding has been darkened. They've been alienated through their ignorance. They're blind in their heart. They, they, they pursue whatever their desire is, and, it's, and it leads to moral impurity and just desire, burning desire of all evil. But notice what he says in verse 20, but ye have not so learned Christ. Verse 21, if so, be that ye have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus. Okay, so basically what he's saying is like, look, this, this, is the say, this is the lost person, excuse me, and this is how they act because they're lost. But you don't act that way because you're saved. Can I get an amen? amen. Okay, so there's a difference. There's a difference between the lost Gentile and a saved Gentile because the Christian doesn't need to look like the lost. Can I get an amen? Okay, we need to look different. Those are all the things of the world and are not Christ. Christ has not put those things in you as a follower of Christ. So if those things are in your life, Christ didn't put them there. Okay, that's your own flesh that is doing that. Those things are opposite of the life of Christ, desires for you. And if you've received his teaching through the Holy Spirit, then you must do these steps. Okay, so that's basically what he's saying. Like, here's how, here's how a lost person is. You're a saved person, now do this, okay? So here we go. If you're taking notes, number one, we need to put off. We need to put off, okay? And I'll explain that. I'll explain that, okay? We need to put off. Let's look at verse 22. It says that you put off concerning the former conversation of the old man. That word conversation means behavior, which is corrupt according to deceitful lust, okay? Because that old man just wants what it wants. And be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Now, that word put off is a term we would use like taking off dirty clothes, okay? Taking off dirty clothes. So there's a, this old man, these, this old way, this old behavior. We need to take that off, kind of like what we take off a coat, okay? We take off a dirty clothes, take off a coat, take that off, and then we put it off, okay? Take it off. To put it on, all right? So that's what that means. So Because that behavior is corrupt according to the lust of the world deceived us. Great example, okay? Uh, 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 Romans 6, 6. Knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him. That the body of sin, notice this, might be destroyed. So that's the desire is that the, the, this old man is crucified, this body of sin would be destroyed, that henceforth, which means from this point forward, we should not serve sin. Well, what's interesting about that is if the old man is crucified, why does Paul say to put off the old man? If the old man is crucified, why does, it, does Paul ask us to put off the old man? Because here's the deal, sometimes we resurrect that old man. It's like this. When I say dirty clothes, taking dirty clothes like a coat, here's what some of us have done. We've taken off that coat, but we put it in the closet. 
And what happens is we'll go and we'll go get that coat, that dirty coat, out of the closet and then put it back on. When in reality, what we need to be doing is we need to be putting off this old man. It's been crucified. We're no longer to serve sin. We're not a slave to sin anymore. And so we're to put off that old man. Here's why it's so important. I'm going to say this. This is why it's so important for a newly saved person to disconnect themselves from their former lifestyle. Now, I'm going to say this real quick for a short term. Because I think in some ways the church has made this idea that, okay, if you get saved out of this whatever, then you should like totally isolate yourself and like only hang out with saved people all the time, okay? It is important that you fellowship with saved people, but we still need to reach the lost. Can I get an amen? We still got to reach the lost, okay? But for the newly saved, it's best that you disconnect yourself from your former lifestyle. Because here's what's going to happen is the deal is that's the old man. So great example, if you were a drug addict before you got saved, you don't need to hang out with people to do drugs. If you're an alcoholic before you got saved, you don't need to hang out with people that, that, that drink alcohol. Or you don't need to go to the bar, you know, all that kind of stuff. You've got to disconnect yourself in the short term from that because here's the deal, that's the old man. And, when, and if you're you too, too, not too far removed from that, what you're going to do is you're going to put it off and then we're going to do what? Just put it back on. I mean, I can't tell you how many people I've met that, that they, get, they get saved. Man, they, they, like God does an awesome, awesome work in their life. And they stay in the church for like maybe a couple weeks, a couple months, and then they're gone. And what's sad is a lot of them go back to a former lifestyle and, 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 and my thing is, what I hate it, is they're just not strong right there at that very moment. Like, as a new Christian, you've got a lot of work to do. Can I get an amen? amen. And figuring this out, like, like living for Christ when you've been living for the devil all those years, and so you've got to get yourself out of those environments so that, and you're like, well, what, well, then I'll be lonely. You shouldn't be lonely because you have the church. Can I get an amen? amen. You have the church, right? You don't need to be lonely because now you have the church. Now, the church needs to be the church, right? We need to be, we need to be those people that are going to encourage and help and, and all that kind of stuff. But there is this idea that, first of all, we need to understand that we have a daily decision every single day. We've got to put off that old man. We've got to put off that old man. Now, some of you are like, what does that have to do with anger? The reason what it has to do with anger is that temper you had before you got saved, it's still there. It's still there. It's, it, may be, it may be dormant right now. But it's there. And the reason why I say it's dormant, because guess what? If, if, you, if, you, if you push me enough, <laughs> I can show you what it means to not be saved. Because <laughs> here we go, right? You know what I mean? It's still there. So we need to understand, and, and, this is, and you're like, what does that have to do with anger? The reason is, is that he's trying, what Paul is trying to help us understand, before we can do this, 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 and this, we've got to put off that old man. Okay? We've got to put off that old behavior, that old conversation. Okay? That's the first thing. That's the first thing when it comes to our anger. We've got to put off. We've got we to put off. We've got to take off those dirty clothes, remove the coat, and don't put it in the closet. Just get rid of it, okay? Number two, we need to put on. We need to put on. Not only do we need to put off, but we need to put on. Ephesians 4.24. And that you put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. 
old things are passed away, behold, all things are become new. Now, why this is so important is because what happens so many times is we want to, we put off something, but we don't put on something. Great example, repentance, the, the idea of repentance. Repentance is a turning, okay? It's a turning. It's, it's, it's seeing, okay, this is not the direction I need to go, and now I'm turning to this. Let's talk about salvation. You're repenting of your sins and turning to Christ, but here's the deal when it comes to, to our anger and stuff like that. We can't just repent of these things. We've got to turn to something too. Does that make sense? So it's important not only that we put off, but that we put on this new man. What's interesting about this verse, what's interesting about this verse talking about this new man, is it says, um, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. Now, the new man is created in righteousness and true holiness. Great example. Right now, I stand in righteousness before God. Right now, I stand in holiness before God. Well, Buchanan, that's great and wonderful for you. No, I stand here because I'm saved. I stand in the righteousness of God. I stand in the holiness of God because of Jesus in me, because I have the Holy Spirit. Like, I guess everybody understands that. When you get to heaven, that's why it's not about good works. Because you could do a million good works, but that doesn't get you to heaven. What gets you to heaven is, is Christ. You have to stand before, let me just tell you this. In heaven, you have to stand before God righteous. You have to stand before God righteous. He's not going to let unrighteousness, he, that's the furthest thing. He, he, you know, he's, he, he, he's separated from that completely. So how do we get into heaven? Not by our own righteousness, but by Christ's righteousness in us. So we stand righteous. Now here's what I'm saying about this, okay? Yes, why, why, do I not, why am I not completely righteous all the time? Because I have the flesh, and my flesh and my spirit are contending, but I stand righteous because of my relationship. Now here's what he's trying to say. Your walk should match your position. Your walk should match your position. Does that make sense? Okay. You stand righteous, you stand holy, but are you walking in righteousness? Are you walking in holiness? Does that make sense what I'm trying to say? Like he's trying to say like, hey, when, when, when we're talking about this idea, okay, I got, every day I got to put off the old man, okay? There are things, there are things that are in my past from the standpoint of before I was saved, I was a slave to sin, all that kind of stuff. I got to put that stuff off. But also, in the same way, not only do we need to put off, but we also need to put on. We have to put on. Put on what? The righteousness, the holiness, right? Does that make sense? Okay? Our walk should match our position. So, what, now, you're like, okay, what, what, does that, what does that have to do with anger? Okay, we'll come back to that in just a minute. That whole righteousness and anger thing is going to come together. Number three, number three, last point. We need to put away. We need to put away. Not only do we need to put off, not only do we need to put on, but now we need to put away. Now, that phrase put away does not mean put aside. Okay? Great example. I used this earlier because we don't want to. We don't want to. We don't, don't want to get rid of our dishes, right? But we put our dishes away, right, boys? We put the dishes away, and the reason why we put the dishes away because we will go, then turn, go get those dishes again, use them, put them in the dishwasher, so that we, we can then do what? Put them away again. But that's not what this, what this phrase is talking about. 
When it talks about putting away, it is not like putting away the dishes. It is like putting away the garbage. Okay? Now, tonight is garbage night for us. We are going to take our garbage to the road, and we would like the garbage men to take them what? Away. I do not want the garbage men to come back a week later and say, hey, we thought you missed this. We're bringing it back. Okay? I don't want them to do that. Okay? When I take my garbage out, I'm taking it out for good. Now, sometimes my kid, in the past, not recently, thank the Lord, sometimes my kids have put things in the garbage that are not supposed to be in the garbage. And I would have to go dig through the garbage to try to find them because it's not really good for you to throw away my cell phone. Okay? We need that. All right? I think that actually did happen one time. Is that correct? I think I'm remembering that very well. Okay? Like, hey, I'm done playing with your cell phone, Dad. I'll just put it in the garbage. No! That doesn't work. Okay? But from the standpoint of the garbage, I want, I, want to, I want to take my garbage out, I want to put away my garbage, and I want them to do what? Take it away. I don't ever want to see it again. Like, get it out of the way. Okay, so let's look and see the things that we need to put away in our life. Verse 25. It says, wherefore, again, that means because of, because of, now, the, the, and I will say this, some of you are like, why did we talk about this a few verses before? Because you had to understand we had to put off, we had to put off and put on before we could put away. So wherefore putting away lying? Speak every man truth with his neighbor, and that doesn't mean like the person that lives next door to you, like down the street. That means neighbor like love your neighbor, everybody. For we are members one of another. Notice verse 26. Be ye what? Angry. Come on, say it with me. Be ye what? Angry and what? Sin not. Okay, now let's just stop right there real quick. Wait, wait a second. So, so Buchanan, I thought we we're not supposed to, to be angry. There is a, a, a time and a place where anger can happen and not sin. Okay? There is a time and a place where you, there, if you want to use the word righteous anger. Remember, it says slow to wrath. Not no wrath, slow to wrath. Okay? Now, now we'll explain that in just a minute. But, and, and so just so we're all clear on this. Probably 98% of the time, it is the anger we're showing is not this anger we're talking about. Let's just be honest, okay? There's a righteous anger, and there's a, ra- there's a, there's a righteous wrath, and there's a, there's, a, there's a human wrath, okay? It says, be angry and sin not. So there's a possibility of that. We'll talk about that in just a minute. It says, let not the sun go down upon your wrath. Remember, this is the whole idea, don't go to bed mad, Right? I didn't go to bed mad. It's just she pointed that way, I pointed that way, and we hoped for something better in the morning. Right? We didn't go to bed mad. I'm going to bed hopeful that we would all, this would all be over, right? Okay? But, but what's interesting about this, even when it's talking about righteous wrath or righteous anger, it's, it needs to be short-lived. It's short-lived. Even if it's, even if it's righteous anger, it is short-lived. Lived because we don't even let our, we don't need to let the sun go down upon your wrath and no, any wrath, okay? But then, but we're kind of starting to talk about this anger issue, anger, sin not, okay? Let's kind of keep on going and see what else we need to do, all right? Because here's what's interesting: verse twenty-seven says, "Neither give place to the devil." So there's something about our anger that gives the devil an advantage. That word "place" means to means like foothold, okay? Um, I, I don't do this a lot, but um, I have, I have uh, done some, um, uh, what am I talking about? Climbing. 
Help me out with that, Matthew. What is that called? Rock climbing? I've not done rock climbing, but I've done like actual, like I've, I've, I've gone, I've, I've went up and rappelled off the back and all that kind of stuff, all that kind of stuff. So I've done those kind of things. What's interesting about this is that really everybody kind of, when they start to climb a wall, they go like this because they think uh, that this is what I'm grabbing. That's where it all is. But the, really when you're climbing a wall, you know what the, the, the most important thing is not your arms. It's what? It's your feet and legs. Literally, literally, if you get a good foothold, you could hang there for, for, for maybe not hours, that'd be, but you can hang there a lot longer relying on your feet than relying on your arms. And so neither give place to the devil. I need you to understand how important this is because it's not like he's grabbing for something. He's getting a foothold. And he can stay there. And he gets a place. Does that make sense? So when it comes to our anger, and I'm, y'all are going to see this in just a minute, but so many times, and I feel like in all these messages, we were like, well, swift to hear. But then we realized it was a lot bigger than that. Then we talked about slow to speak, and then we, man, it's a lot bigger than that. And even with our anger, what we need to understand is it's a lot bigger than what we make it out to be. Because when we get angry, when we get angry, we're allowing the devil to get a foothold in our life. Does that make sense? Now, nobody wants the devil to be on us, right? Nobody wants the devil to have a foothold, but yet our anger has a direct connection to the foothold the devil has in our life. Let's keep on going. Let's keep on going. Verse 28, let. Now, we're going to see the word let several times. That word let means to permit, to allow, to give leave, okay? A let is just another word of saying put away, okay? So even though you don't see the word put away, it is the same thought process behind it. Okay? It says, let him that steal, steal no more. But rather let him labor, because there's going to be some contrast here. Like, we don't need to steal, but let's do this. But rather let him labor, working with his hands the things which are good. Notice this. This is just a side note, by the way. That he may, that, that he may have to what? Give to him that what? Needeth. You know what's really interesting about this, just as a side note? Do you know why you go to work? So that you can be generous. You go to work so that you can be generous, so that you can give. Just something to think about, just a side note, okay? All right, because I think sometimes well, I go to work so I can, I can buy more stuff for me. Though in reality, it's an opportunity for us to be generous. Just a side note, okay? Verse 29 says, let no corrupt communication. That word corrupt means rotten meat. Anybody like rotten meat? Sometimes also rotten meat, fish, rotten fish. Anybody like rotten fish? Can you smell it a little bit when I say that? <laughs> okay? Like, ooh, okay? It says, let no corrupt, corrupt, rotten meat, rotten fish, communication proceed out of your mouth. But notice this. But that which is good to you, the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. Here's what's interesting about this, and, and, and that we're talking about communication in general, yes, but it really kind of goes to our anger as well. But, but one thing that's really interesting, that word edifying means to build up. The word edifying means to build up. Let's talk about our communication real quick. This is a side note thing, whatever. If, if this is the only thing you take from it, great. Okay, so your, your, your words have the ability to do two things. Your words can build up or tear down. Would everybody agree with that? Your words can either build up or they can tear down. Now, what's interesting about this is I thought about it this way. Let's, let's think about um, when we communicate, we're building a house. Think about when we communicate, we're building a house. And so our words are going to determine whether we're going to build up or tear down, okay? 
So, the, and, and, uh, so, okay. Build up, tear down. Here's the question. How's your house look? How's your house look? Because here's what I want to think about. Every time you build up, you're building that house. But every time you tear down, you're tearing it down. Anybody remember Fixer Upper? Fixer Upper, you know, Chip and Joanna Gaines that basically are like multi-billionaires now and everything in our homes has to like look like farmhouses and shiplap and all that kind of stuff. You know what I'm talking about? They've totally ruined it for us. And, okay, whatever. All right, some of you are like, like, Buchanan, how do you know about that? I got married. That's how I know about this kind of stuff. When you get married, you will probably be watching HGTV and that kind of stuff. And, and now I like it. We, we, while we were gone, we, we're, we like binged watch a show on Hulu and about some kind of home free kind of thing. You might see that a couple years ago, home free. Tim Tebow was on it, whatever. Okay, who cares? Who cares? It doesn't matter, right? It doesn't matter. But here's the deal. Chip, Chip Gaines had his favorite day. Remember what Chip Gaines' favorite day was? Demo day, see? Some of you are like, I don't know if I need to say this. Like all the men are like, I don't know what you're talking about, Buchanan. Whatever, you liars, okay? Put away lying, all right? Demo day. And what's really interesting about it, you know why they call it demo day? Because most of the time it took how many days? One day. Now think about that. Think about that. You remember the show Extreme Home Makeover? With Ty Pennington, move that bus, right? Now, in like the first couple episodes, they would like go into a house and like remodel it. By the end of like the seven seasons or whatever, it was like bulldoze the thing. Let's start over. Y'all remember that? Okay. But let's think about this. When it comes to our words, when it comes to our communication, here's the deal. You, 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 can, have, you can have 10, 15, 20, 30, 40 words that build up and one word can tear it all down. So how's your house? How's your house? When it comes to your communication, how is your house? Like, I don't know about y'all, but when, when, when I was like, man, that's, that is, like, every time I say something, like, I, for whatever reason, I have this picture of a house in front of me all the time now. Like, I'm like, how's my house? Like, oh, I just tore down my house. Like, I don't know about you. We're Christians. You know what we should be having? We should have, like, mansions because we're Christians. But if I'm being honest, sometimes... My, my house looks like a dilapidated shack because I did, too, I, did, I did more tearing down than I did building up. That's just bonus for y'all. Here we go. All right. Notice this, verse, verse 30. This is really cool about our communication. It says, but, And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby you are sealed under the day of redemption. What's interesting about this is, is maybe you don't know or didn't know that you can grieve the Holy Spirit. But some of y'all didn't realize that where that verse was. How do we grieve the Holy Spirit? By the words we say. How do you know if you grieve the Holy Spirit? Great example. Okay, Here's how you grieve the Holy Spirit. When you say something and God is up there going, why did he say that? <laughs> why did she say that? <laughs> she knew better. He knew better. <laughs> this is how it is. The grieving the Holy Spirit is like, I love you, but <laughs> but and, and again, guys, do y'all see where this is building? Like, this is why it's such a big deal about how we communicate. 
Like your communication is not like, well, oh, I need to do better communication so my husband or my wife or my kids or my coworkers were that. No, we need to communicate better because we don't want to grieve the Holy Spirit. It's going to get deeper. I just want y'all to know that. Okay, all right. We're we're we're, we're it's it's almost like uh, when you go to the beach and and it gets a little deeper and you get on the sandbar and you think we're good. Yeah, after that sandbar, you're about to go down. Okay, <laughs> do not go past the sandbar. Okay, it's about to get deeper. It's about to get deeper. And here we go. Verse thirty-one. It says, "Let." Okay, that word means means to put away. Okay, let all. Let's say it together. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and that word clamor means like brawling, picking a fight. Like, you know, you, that, that's the person that, like, you know, I fight every time, you know, some, you know the, uh, uh, I fight at the drop of the hat. You're the one who's, like, grabbing your hat and dropping it so you can fight. Okay? <laughs> All right? Clamor and evil speaking. Be what? Put away from you with all what? Malice. Okay. Let's define some words. Let's define some words. Okay? I think everybody knows what bitterness is, okay? Wrath, anger, clamor, like I said, brawling, picking a fight, evil speaking, malice is to regard with extreme ill will, okay? That person you come in contact with and you're like, hate being around them, you're like, you know what I mean? All of these are human forms of wrath. All of these are human forms of wrath. This is not talking about that righteous anger. And the reason why I can tell you that, because here's the deal. Bitterness is not of God. Clamor is not of God. Evil speaking is not of God. And malice is not of God. None of those things are of God. So if you say, well, it's wrath and anger, it's in the same list. It's not like you said, okay, that's the bad part. That's the good one. It's all on the same list. So he's talking, every single one of these is talking about the human form of bitterness, the human form of wrath, the human form of anger, the human form of clamor, the human form of evil speaking, and the human form of malice. And according to this verse, we are to what? Put away. Put away. Put away. Now, here's what's interesting about this it doesn't say try harder, it doesn't say try harder. I don't know what it is, and I guess because God's just helping me, because this whole doing things in human effort leads to failure. Every time. Every time. I'm telling you guys, I have tried to be a good Christian like this, and it doesn't work. It does not work. It is not about try harder. When it comes to putting off Putting on and putting away, it is not something we try hard to do. It is a choice to live completely differently. It's a choice to live differently. It is in the morning going, I'm putting off the old man, I'm putting on the new man, and I'm putting away this. And then you go live your life. Does that make sense? Go live your life. Not from the standpoint, because every time... I'm going to try harder not to lie. I'm going to try harder not to steal, which shouldn't be a hard time. Thank for y'all, but whatever, okay? But when it comes to our words, I'm going to try harder not to be, you know, corrupt and mean and all this kind of stuff. It's not about a try harder. It's about making a conscious decision to live differently, just to live differently. And allow, this is so cool, like, and we've talked about this, and we'll probably talk about this a little, bit, a little bit more next week. It is about living differently under the Holy Spirit guidance. 
Because here's the deal. If we live under the Holy Spirit guidance, more importantly, under the Holy Spirit's control, guess what you're not going to do? You're not going to lie. You're not going to steal. You're not going to talk bad. You're not going to have bitterness and anger and evil speaking, all that kind of stuff. Now, but it's a, it, I told you all it gets a little deeper, okay? A little deeper. So what's the answer to our anger? What's the answer to our anger? Because I don't know about you, but I, 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 let's, let's be honest, okay? I have said this multiple times. After I got angry, I asked myself, where did that come from? Where did that come from? Like, really, I'm like, I'm like going, like, why did I do that? That was silly. I shouldn't have just lost my mind. But in the moment, I'm like, ah! It just comes out. So what do, we, what do we do? What's the answer to our anger? Verse 32. And be, what's that next word? Kind. Oh, got it on there? They got it on there? I, I threw them off, okay. Be what? Kind, one to another. What's the next word? Tenderhearted. What's that next word? Forgiving. We're going to key on that in just a minute. Forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. Okay? So I think everybody knows what kindness is. I don't have to define that. The word tenderhearted means very susceptible of the softer passions of love, pity, or kindness. Now that word forgive, here's the deal, guys. That word forgive. We, we throw that word around, but we really don't understand what it means. Okay? That word forgive. That word forgive means to pardon, to remit as an offense or debt, to overlook an offense and treat the offender as not guilty. I'm really key on this. To overlook an offense and to treat the offender as not guilty. Now, let me, let's use the example. Let's use the example with my boys. <laughs> to forgive... To have a spirit of forgiveness is to be like we, they never argued about going to pick that up. It's like it never even happened. To overlook it, like, to, 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 like it never even happened, it, 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 to, to, to completely, I know this is happening right now, but I'm going to overlook that and I'm going to consider and say that, guess what? Even though something they're doing is making me mad, I'm going to treat them as not guilty. That's what forgiveness is. That's what forgiveness is. Now, here's what's interesting about that. We're to forgive as God forgave us for Christ's sake because you need a whole lot of forgiveness. Can I get an amen? I needed a whole lot of forgiveness. I was a wretched, dirty sinner, and I needed him. I still need him. And according to this verse, we are to pass on the same forgiveness we have received. It's like when we were kids. We don't teach our kids to do this anymore. We should. But we used to teach them to, to it was S-H-A-R-E. We taught them to what? Share. And what he's saying right here is like, look, God shared forgiveness with you for Christ's sake. You need to share forgiveness with somebody else. So wrath, let me help you with this. Wrath is really not an anger problem. It is an unforgiveness problem. It is an unforgiveness problem. Now I'm going to ask you this question. 
And if you don't, I can give you a hint, okay? What is unforgiveness? I'll give you a hint. Some of y'all don't want to answer. It's okay. You're like, I don't want to have the wrong answer. Verse 26. What is unforgiveness? Be ye angry and sin not. What is unforgiveness? Say what? Sin. It's sin. Man, y'all didn't like that, did you? It got deep, did it? It got real deep, didn't it? (laughs) Because here's what happens. Here's what happens. When I get angry, when I get angry, here's what I say, I don't forgive you. When I get angry, I'm saying, I don't forgive you. When when there's evil speaking, malice, bitterness, um, uh, clamor, wrath, anger, when those are there, I'm basically saying to the other person, I don't forgive you. And unforgiveness is a what? Now, here's why I got heavy for me. And this is going to sound bad when I say this. When I'm angry, it's the furthest thing from my mind that I'm in the process of sinning. I have no desire to sin. I'm not saying I don't. I'm saying I don't have a desire to do that. I have no desire to sin. But yet, when I get angry... When I start evil speaking, when I show malice, when I show bitterness, basically what I'm doing is I am sinning. It's a, do y'all see this? And I'm not trying to be weird about this. It, how much heavier this is. Like, see, see we, you know, we talked about, about swift to hear, but then we, we understood, like, like there's, there's so many things about being, like, who we need to listen to. Like, it was deeper than that. Slow to speak. Remember we talked about the tongue? An unruly evil and full of deadly poison. Remember we said it needed a warning label, right? Right across here. Okay. <laughs> right here. Because it was deeper than that. We had to understand that, man, my, my tongue is dangerous. It is a deadly weapon. And so even now this week, now we're seeing that, wait, anger, anger, wrath, malice, evil speaking, that, that, that the issue is not with that. The issue is I have unforgiveness in my heart. I'm unwilling to forgive, and unforgiveness is Sin. Last thing, we'll be done. Let's go back to James 1. James 1.19. James 1.19. Because there's a verse we have not, we, 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 we've kind of stopped at 19, but there is a, a colon there, okay? Which means it's still a sentence, okay? It's, there's, a, there's a thought that we kind of stopped on. It says, Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. Let's look at verse 20. For the wrath of man worketh not the what? Righteousness of God. There is a direct connection from the standpoint of the, the, the wrath of man does not work or lead to the righteousness of God. Because here's the problem. We struggle with our rightness. We struggle with our rightness. Think about when you get angry. Because you're right and they're what? Wrong. Okay? So what happens is we struggle in our rightness. Okay? So I'm right in my opinion and they're right in their opinion. And because we don't have the same agreement in rightness, I get what? I get mad. I get angry. Okay? Because my, my level of rightness didn't match up with their level of rightness. Or on the other side of it, if their level of rightness doesn't match up with mine, then they're 
mad, right? And so here's what happens. What we want to do is we want to be right at each other. We want to be right at each other. And there's a reason why I'm doing it this way. Because when you, when you got two people that are trying to be right, it's not about relationships, it's about being right. Guess what's happening? Boom, 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 boom. I don't know about you, but if I was, if, if I was beating my head against the wall multiple times or beating my head against somebody else's, I'm going to get what? Mad. I'm going to get angry. And so what we're... We're focused on being right at each other. You know what God is focused on? Us being right with each other. Being right with each other. Because here's the deal. You can write yourself right out of a relationship. Do you know that? Do you know? No. I'm not saying always, but in so many times, unfortunately, there are marriages that are failing every single day because somebody had to be right. And you can write yourself right out of relationships. You can write yourself out of your marriage relationship. You can write yourself out of a relationship with your kids. You can write yourself out of, out of a relationship at work or out of a job. <laughs> by, by golly, I'll tell my boss, yeah, your boss will tell you too. <laughs> Where to go? <laughs> Get another job, right? But we're focused on being right at each other, and God is focused on us being right with each other. Now, because here's the deal. Let me help you all with this. Your rightness is not the goal. Their rightness is not the goal either. There's only one rightness that is the goal, and that's God's righteousness. God's righteousness. Like, here's what's interesting about this whole entire deal. Like, you, you, this is, everybody thinks, well, there, 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 there's two sides to every single argument. No, there's actually three sides. There's your opinion, their opinion, and God's opinion. And let me help you with this. The wrath of man does not worketh the righteousness of God because when you're mad, the furthest thing from your mind is what God thinks about it. And so when it comes to our communication and when it comes to our anger or it comes to anything, when, when, when there's all these things going on, and here's what I want to help you with. God is more focused on the relationship than who's right, okay? He's more focused on, he wants a, he want, he's about the relationship. And if there's going to be somebody right, he wants to be it, <laughs> okay? But when we're mad, the wrath of man does not work the righteousness of God. Here's another way to say it. Ultimately, the wrath of man does not work the righteousness of God in me. Because here's what's cool about the Christian life. The desire as a Christian is not for you to be right all the time or to be wrong all the time. It's for God to be right all the time. That's the goal, right? That's the goal. His righteousness. His righteousness. Mark, I see you over there. What are we going to do? We're going to do like a, just a little bit of music? A little bit of, are you going to sing too? Okay, cool. All right. Um, let's everybody stand. Let's everybody stand. <clears throat> now, here's what we're going to do. Um, uh, are you, Adrian, do you mind helping on the lady's side? Okay. Sean, Sean will be over here. Adrian will be over here. So men and women, if, we, if, if somebody needs to make a decision to follow Christ, needs prayer, join up, whatever, you can do that kind of stuff. Now here's what we're going to do. With, with, a little, with the exception of a two-week break,
For three weeks, we talked about what it means to communicate God's way. What it means to communicate God's way. And the question is, how's your communication? How's your communication? Every, I'm, I'm telling you, and it, it's been without fail, which is does, messages do this to me all the time anyways, but without fail, every single week I preached on this, I was like, ooh, I need to work in that area. So there's something, right? There's something over the past several weeks that, that, that God has brought to your attention, that you need to be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath, and you know there's things that need to happen and change, but honestly, up until this point, you have been unwilling to change. Been unwilling to change. And my question is, is like, now that we see the depth of this, how big this is, how, like how, how it's huge, like it has bigger, like just the fact that you don't listen has bigger implications than you just not listening. That you being, to being quick to talk and not slow to speak has bigger implications. And now that we see that our anger, our wrath has bigger implications, what are we going to do about it? Like, what are we going to do about it? And so what we're going to do is we're going to sing a song of invitation. Maybe nobody comes down here. Maybe a bunch of people come down here. I don't know. But I'm telling you guys, like, it, this is, this is one of those, I'll, I'll be straight up with y'all. Here's the reason why I preached this message and where I started to preach this message. Because I saw how everybody was going crazy about all the different issues in the world and all this kind of stuff, and nobody was listening to anybody. Everybody had an opinion, and everybody's getting mad about it. By golly, I want to preach something that we're going to fix the world. You know what I realized? I'm the one who needs to be fixed. I'm the one who needs to be fixed. It wasn't the world I'm, I, 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 that need to be fixed. I need to be fixed. I have issues. I'm not swift to hear. I am not slow to speak, and I am not slow to wrath, and I need to be fixed. I need to fix. So all I'm asking you to do, whatever that looks like. There may be, let me say this, there may be some some severed relationships. And the reason why they're severed is because you didn't listen, you didn't keep your mouth shut, and you got mad about it, and now... You're, you've, you, what was an awesome relationship with a friend or a coworker or a spouse or whatever, is a million, a million miles in the wrong direction. Maybe God's saying to you, hey, guess what? Why don't you start practicing what you preach with that person? With that person. I don't know what you need to do. And I'm not trying to be like this whole, like, I, like, I don't want to, I don't want to, I've always said this in my invitations, I don't want to kind of guide you and direct you to make a decision that I think you need to make. The Holy Spirit is speaking to every single mind and heart in this room. And all I'm asking you to do is be obedient to whatever the Holy Spirit is telling you to do. It's going to be different for everybody. But if we leave out of here after these three weeks, if we leave out of here and learn nothing and our communication and our relationships are no better before, we have wasted our time. I'm telling you guys, this is not, this is too big of a deal for us to think. Uh, It's one verse in a, one section of scripture. We took three weeks to talk about it because it's big. It's huge. I don't know what you need to do. Whatever you need to do, you do that. Let's pray. Lord, thank you so much for today.